0: So this evening is the uh, beginning of this retreat. Everybody's come from many places and uh, assembled here at the Spirit Rock Center and uh, developing an attitude of uh, reflection, of uh, awakened awareness or intuitive awareness and the word meditation of course is, uh, is, a, is a word that is used for almost any kind of mental exercise or training but when I use the word meditation, English word meditation, I really mean, uh, I'm equating it or aligning it with the Pali word bhavana And this uh, pavana is translated as development or cultivation of the path. So during this retreat, see it as an opportunity to cultivate the path, even though you may not understand what that path is or have all kinds of views, opinions, and doubts about it or your understanding of it or insight into it. The, the essence of Buddhism, the very essential uh, that is uh, the Buddha emphasized, was mindfulness. Or Pali word, sati, can be translated as mindfulness, awareness, attention, paying attention, uh, awakened attention, it's uh, an attitude of openness and receptivity. There's not a kind of concentrated state which you shut everything out, but you're opening uh, yourself to the world, the, the uh, conditions that are happening, that you are experiencing at this very present moment. The aim of this pavana is always to uh, recognize it here and now is is where experience is. The attitude of, of practicing now in order to to get something in the future. This is a creation of your mind. This is an artifice. An attitude, an idea that you can be committed to blindly. Thinking that on this retreat we're, we're here to practice meditation in order to get something in the future, get some desired result in the future. Just the attitude that we have about ourselves in the present. How many of you see yourself in terms of, uh, you know, a a person, an ego, a personality, a separate entity, a being that, that has many flaws and faults, needs to practice and develop Uh, Buddhist meditation in order to become enlightened in the future. This is also a delusion. Whatever you conceive yourself to be and whether it's on the positive or the negative side that you are not. It's a creation that you, it's what you create out of ignorance out of not seeing the Dhamma. So this word the Dhamma is means that it's best translated into English uh, uh, is the truth of the way it is. So the attitude of awareness allows us to be the witness to the way it is rather than a person trying to get something or get rid of something. So during this retreat we just recognize the situation you're in. This, this is a very good uh, venue, a very good uh, place to be. It's uh, deliberately built and developed in order to accommodate uh, opportunities like this, like we have during this week to practice, to, to develop, cultivate the path. So, as the uh, schedule has been decided when to get up, when to meet, when to uh, sit, when to walk, or when you can eat your meals, when you can rest, when you can go to sleep everything is de- everything's decided for you, and so see the value of this it, it makes your life much more easy here you don't you don't have to make a lot of decisions uh, and choices about what you want to do or, or uh, you know, during the day. Just decide to determine to kind of surrender to the to the schedule, to the form uh, that we've uh, decided upon. The food is provided and so uh, this is, you don't have to think about the food or what you're going to cook or what you want to eat, just whatever there is that's good enough so you don't have to think about food or what you're going to do uh, the attitude of uh, just wearing something comfortable modest clothing not here to, to uh you know to um, attract other people or to compete in terms of uh, fashion we're here uh, in this uh, silent retreat so that we can be together without feeling obliged to talk to each other, <coughs> chat to each other, um, have conversations, and, and, and that with each other during this, this 10-day retreat. So by remaining silent means that we're not... We can, we can enjoy each other's company in silence rather than feeling obliged to... Uh, entertain each other with our, our scintillating conversation then the aim of this is the main purpose of this is awareness then so the whole form the the, the schedule that we have uh, the the place that we're in uh, you ta- you'll be taking the three refuges and the eight precepts this is a another form in terms of behavior, speech, attitude, but all this is pointing at uh, awareness, to wake up and, and observe and witness, not criticize or you know, try to analyze or figure out anything, but trust your ability to just be aware of what, what is happening for you at this time. So it's like looking inward, uh, witnessing, observing, just how this form, this situation, uh, the conditions that you find yourself in, your own physical condition at this time, emotional uh, state, whatever it is, no matter how healthy, unhealthy, or bright, or dull, or happy, or sad, whatever, the conditions you're experiencing might be. The, the point, the development of the path is to be aware. They are the way they are. So in this way, you're, you're beginning to learn how to uh, be aware, be that awareness itself, not become somebody who's trying to, to practice awareness. Or to see yourself in terms of whether you're really how aware you really are, and and then make judgments about that. But to give up any kind of critical uh, attitudes, you know, not to follow them if they arise. Then be aware of the tendency to to make judgments or or uh, evaluate things, analyze or criticize. Because this awareness is is really the path itself. And the important thing on this retreat is to develop a confidence and a recognition, a knowledge, a realization of the path. The the middle way. The eightfold path. Well, these kind of, of words are the uh, concepts that we use. And to be able to see through the illusions you create out of just habit, out of ignorance, not understanding the truth of the way it is, we, we create a world that we live in that is very separative and isolating. Uh, it, you know, the more we, we obsess ourselves with our own delusions, then the more, uh, more we suffer. We create the suffering. Uh, that we and the world of suffering that we're living in so the aim of the Buddhist practice is to free ourselves from that delusion to awaken to the Dhamma or the truth of the way it is through awareness and this awareness then is the Buddha the word Buddha it's, uh, the word itself means awakened consciousness human being, a human entity like yourself that is awake and aware. So taking refuge in Buddha is not taking refuge in some kind of exotic sage of the past or in some kind of abstract idea of Buddha energy circulating around in the universe or some, any other creation of your mind. It is a, a, very, it's a very imminent attentiveness here and now that you're taking refuge in. That's that's what is the Buddha that you take refuge in. We say, Bhutang zarnangachami." Now from beginning of my Buddhist monastic life, I say Bhutang Sarnangachami is like this is a Theravada uh, tradition and you, you do this, take refuge in the Buddha, but it was still uh, done in almost a ceremonial form, not really uh, understanding it in its profundity. It seemed like just part of the package you get when you become a Theravada Buddhist monk. You say, Bhutang Zernangachami. But then over the years, really uh, w- developing this awareness, Buddha, uh, taking refuge in the Buddha, wasn't just ceremonial chant. But it, it is much more profound, much more practical than that. Which is, it's a reminder, isn't it? It's a, a kind of determination to trust yourself, really, in awareness. You're not calling upon some idealized Buddha or abstract idea Buddha to help you, but it's, it's a reminder. Yeah. Like this Buddha image on the shrine. When you look at this this Buddha Rupa, this Buddha image, see it as it's telling, it's just suggesting to every time you look at it, wake up, pay attention. So it is an icon and a religious image. How you use it, you know, is up to you, you know, if if you can decide how you want to use a Buddha image, you can Judge them aesthetically, whether you think they're beautiful or not, or whatever. You might be an expert on Buddha rupas and whether you know know the, what the best ones are, and so forth, and, and get caught in the critical faculty. But that's not the point of this retreat. It's to uh, use everything around us for a reminder, because the problem is we forget we're so easily uh, lost in our own beliefs, our own attachments, our own worlds that we create so in this retreat, the, the, like just looking at me in the robes or the monks or the nun uh, these the, as, as not in so impersonal ways so much. Don't, don't try to uh, create you know, uh, a, a lot of um, preferences, likes, or criticisms around around uh, the the person. But see, the, the even the color of the robe, the shaven head, as a reminder of awareness. Wake up is the is the essence of Buddhism. One time, uh, somebody asked me that, "Could you define Buddhism in one sentence?" And I said, with great confidence, I said, I can define it with one word. (laughs) I said, what's that? Awake. So it's like an imperative or an invitation. Wake up, awake, pay attention. Uh, This is, liberation is now. Awareness is now. Freedom is now. It's not, you know, any idea that it will, that you hope to yourself in the future, is something you're creating now. So as you begin to, to recognize, now the important thing is to recognize this. Because even though awareness is a natural state, it's not a created, refined state uh, that you've never had or, or if, you, you know, if you were never mind, you'd be dead by now. to be mindful to survive, but we don't recognize awareness, mindfulness. We don't value it. We we don't cultivate it. Sometimes life itself forces us, when, we're, when you're driving a car, you're, you're compelled to use awareness. It's because of the, the danger involved, the condition. When, when you're Uh, Life is in danger when you're physically threatened by something. You naturally become awake and aware. You don't have time to worry about tomorrow or what people think of you anymore. It's just immediate, you know, how to deal with immediate survival and danger. But like so many of us brought up in societies where there's you know, quite a large measure of security and safety where we can really sit in our comfortable homes and worry about everything. Become totally heedless and neurotic because middle class existence allows us this privilege. And so you can see in, in affluent Countries, uh, uh, the middle class, especially whatever country, whatever wherever they happen to exist, there's increasing the amount of alcoholism, drug addiction, suicide, uh, just mental breakdowns, and on and on like this. Why is that? You know why? Why don't in third world countries? Why don't people? Uh, why aren't they so n- neurotic? Because. When your life is dependent on just survival, you have to use a lot more awareness and wisdom to survive. Where in the comfort of democratic societies and, and middle class uh, ethos, we, we, have, uh, we don't have that kind of urgency in our lives. so in and and I'm not complaining about that or even criticizing, it just seemed the opportunity we have here of developing awareness, not because of of any danger you know this place is is seemingly quite safe, and everybody will be under the the precepts. you know so we've, we've even speech and and just uh, relating to each other in an honorable trustworthy way, so in terms of of human society at this time, you know living together as a human community uh, we're we're bringing all that is good and and trustworthy and honorable into our consciousness. you know the intentions and the the purpose of this is not to exploit you or take advantage or or in any way but to give you, give us all the opportunity for this kind of cultivation, this pawana. So just to, to, to reflect on this, to, to be conscious of this, this opportunity, it's, it is special. It, it's not ordinary life. It's a special situation. So you also have to remember that. This is, this is a special situation. So then the eight precepts are kind of moral precepts or renunciate precepts, and that means it's, it's more towards uh, simplifying our, you know, life, the way we live here together. Now the first precept is, uh, you know, non to refrain from any intentional violent activity. banandibhata in Pali means to refrain from intentionally harming something That means not to kill another human being with intention but because you are so morally advanced and, and mindful we can bring this into a grander, grander perspective of uh, non-violence not to uh, act violently with intention harming anything with intention respect life of other creatures and the, the, the environment that we're living in. Then Adinadana, the refrain, to respect the property, the property, the, the, the retreat center here, the property of other people, not to uh, even borrow it uh, without asking or, or even, uh, you know, misuse the facilities here in any intentional way but to, to develop a sense of respect and, uh, for the, that which belongs to others. Then the third precept of brahmacharya, uh, uh, this is the, during this retreat, to refrain from any kind of in, intentional sexual activity. So taking responsibility for this kind of energy this human energy that we all experience, the sexual energy uh, during this retreat is not to to follow it and act upon it, but if it does arise, to be aware of it, to be the witness of it, the knower of it, not the one who who follows it. So the brahmacharya Then the fourth precept is about being responsible for speech for what we say and of course this is a, a, a silent retreat call it noble silence it's not dumb silence mm-hmm. you know so, uh, noble silence is taking responsibility for for our ability to speak so if it is necessary to speak to use speech for some reason then we use that, but we're not—we're not just following our impulses to chit-chat and just break the silence in order to just, uh, out of some kind of just neurotic need to to uh, talk to somebody. But because we use speech so much to distract ourselves or to to deal with anxiety, that uh, be aware of this—you know, this impulse. These, these kind of impulsive tendencies or compulsions to to speak and seek contact and, and speak to somebody, just to be the observer of it, not the critic. Being responsible for speech, then even when we do speak, to use it more skillfully rather than say or. Uh, insulting or or harming somebody through speech misleading them or deceiving them or so refraining from any kind of, of misuse of speech and the the 5th is refraining from any kind of intoxicating drinks or addictive drugs speaks for itself then the 6th is more like uh, Vikalapochana is about not taking uh, solid foods in the afternoon. Now this sometimes people find very difficult. But if you're a Buddhist Samana, you're so used to this, you can't figure out why anybody could find that difficult. <laughs> <laughs> I find it difficult to eat in the afternoon now, I've been a monk for so long. But they uh, but it is uh, is uh, to the attitude towards food, just recognize your own, how you regard food. Food and eating is another, you know, eating is necessary for survival. It also becomes a way to distract ourselves, just to munch and, and chew on things and to use food as a distraction every time feel a bit ill at ease or anxious or restless. It's so easy to just start eating something. To, uh, look forward to the next meal, or always thinking about food is, is, is quite common human uh, tendency. To be aware of that, how we re- relate to food, our obsessions and, and uh, around uh, sustenance. Not as a critic, but just observing these impulses, these movements of wanting to speak, wanting to eat, wanting to, to, to have a drink. All uh, this, you know, is, uh, is ways that, that are quite normal for people in, in society to, to live their lives with this constant, you know, seeking of, for distraction. But during this retreat, the aim is not to, to follow these impulses, but to observe them. Receive them, know them. They are what they are. And they arise and they cease. So your relationship to them is one of knowing them for what they are rather than identifying and judging them about whether you're, you know, you're taking them personally or criticizing yourself because you have these Im- these impulses you're experiencing. But your refuge is in Buddha, Buddha so you're, You're the knower of them. You're not the owner of them anymore. Then in uh, the seventh is uh, refraining from dancing, singing, going to shows, watching television, uh, dressing up, and so forth. And and there's nothing immoral about any of this. This isn't a moral precept. It's a renunciate precept. It's a... a, um, You know a uh, a determination to give up this this other way of distracting ourselves to to seek entertainment, Uh, but we can certainly be aware of those impulses to do so. The knower of these to see them in terms of dhamma—they are what they are. We you know because of this. Uh, taking of the eight precepts, where it helps us to observe them in a way that we might not do if we were, if we didn't have the precepts. And then the last one is Ujjasayana uh, Mahasayana, which is uh, really means to refrain from sleeping all the time. Because that's another distraction, isn't it? Where we just, if we can't eat, we can't sing or dance, we can't talk. what do we well what's left is sleep no you sleep your way through this
1: retreat <laughs>
0: but it is encouraged not to do that, not to just it's, we can be aware of the maybe that that longing or when we we can't stand uh when we feel fed up and we. We just want to escape from it all. One way of doing it is falling asleep. So these these eight precepts help us to, to put these, these kind of very human tendencies into perspective, and they're not moral judgments or criticisms of you of you of yourself personally, because your refuge now is not in your personality and your identity with your body or your your emotions, your ego. But your, your real identity is the awareness. The Buddha knowing the Dhamma. The Sangha, the human individual practicing Dhamma. Knowing Dhamma, seeing Dhamma. Cultivating and developing the Pa, pawana. Now this is, you know, it's an opportunity to, and the the thing that what I hope will happen during this retreat is uh, that you will develop more confidence in the path. More confidence in your own ability to develop and cultivate this way. Because uh, so many people in practice meditation, you know, including monks and nuns, that I live with, you know have no confidence they're still trying to to get this or get rid of that. they're still caught in the delusion that they create even with Buddhist uh, ideas so in in trying to to break through this it's not a difficult or an impossible task. It's just you know learning to to recognize this simple ability, natural ability we have as human beings, to be awake and aware, to pay attention here and now, and see and know things as they are, to be responsible for how we live in the society. You know, we're not just going along, uh, you know, with whatever, but we, we, we have this sense of uh, responsibility for what we do, what we, how we use our bodies, what, how we use our ability to speak our speech. So on the level of, of worldly Dhammas and life in a community, then the, these kind of moral precepts, renunciate precepts, uh, our good intentions and all this are, you know, are the vehicle for, that we can use for living in the world, in the society, without being lost in this world, in this society. Because our, we're, we're cultivators of the Pa through awareness and through wisdom, panya. So the Pali word panya is wisdom. And this wisdom then is is quite a natural wisdom. It's a universal wisdom. It's not personal. It's not like I can claim it. Uh, you know, that I have wisdom as a, some kind of personal achievement. The more I let go of the world and release myself from the delusions of ourselves, then wisdom is quite natural to this state of attentiveness, of awareness. So we're learning to, to return to a natural state that we've forgotten, because we've created all kinds of illusions out of ignorance and conditioning. So hopefully this retreat will will um, help you and, and encourage you. I see this is a what I'm trying to do here is encourage you to try to what I say during this retreat, the kind of reflections I give, or what they call them, teachings, or whatever. They're meant as encouragement, you know, to uh, really pointing and saying, you can do it, you know, wake up, pay attention, and trust yourself more, and and don't don't believe all the things you think about yourself, or about Buddhism, or about anything at all. They're learning to recognize and take refuge in the pure natural state of being that you can really trust. And it's the only, that's the only thing that is trustworthy that I've found in my life as a Buddhist monk. I have 40 years now of uh, contemplating Dhamma, so I'm very confident now that this is the only thing I can trust is the awareness any time I've tried to trust anything else even Buddha's teachings or teachers or traditions or conventions on that realm they're all unsatisfactory you you can't trust them as a refuge but learning to use them learning to use the conventions for awakened attention for awareness for enlightenment for nibbana So I'll stop here, and I'll give you the three refuges and the eight precepts. If somebody requests them, somebody requests them, I won't give them. Which one? The talk or full? More tatsa bhagavato a hatto somewhere some but tatsa not more tatsa akawato a tatsa Budhan sarat Nangachami Dhammaṃ sarat Nangachami chami, sarat nangga chami, duti sarat Dutiyampi Damang Sarat Nangachami. Dutiyampi Damang Sarat Nangachami. Dutiyampi Sangham Sarat Nangachami. Dutiyampi Sangham
1: Sarat
0: Nangachami. Tatiyampi Putang Sarat dati
1: ampi dhammang
0: saranangachami dati ampi dhammang saranangachami dati ampi sangkang saranangachami
1: dati
0: sarananga so now you've taken the three reps you say it three times so that makes it makes it more firm in your consciousness Everything's in threes. So you uh, use this duti yampi, second time, tati yampi, third time. So this is now firmly established in your consciousness, isn't it? I can tell. Titsarana gammanang niti tang amabante. You say, yes it is. <laughs> That's uh, Amabhantai. <laughs> mm-hmm. The first one about uh, non-violent action. Vāna-di-bhātā <laughs> vēra-māni se Ka Badang samadhi vera se-kha-bhādhāng 2nd one is uh, respect for that which uh, property and Conditions that belong to others. Adinadana veramani sikabhadang samadhyami Adinadana veramani sikabhadang samadhyami The third refraining from any intenc- uh, intentional uh, sexual activity. APRAHMACARYA VERAPMANI THIKHABADANG TAMADHYAMI APRAHMACARYA VERAPMANI THIKHABADANG TAMADHYAMI Fourth one, around speech, being responsible for our speech and, of course, uh, intention to respect the noble silence. Mutsavadha The
1: fifth
0: is refraining from uh, in, taking uh, intoxicants and addictive drugs. Whereup my knee, The sixth is about uh, food, not taking solid foods in the afternoon ve kala potana verup badang samadhiyami nirato samadhi citta param samadhiyami the seventh around not seeking entertainments, uh, distractions uh na jakitavatikta vituka dassan mala gantha vi lebana mantana vi pusa nathar mani And the eighth one is around sleep, not to uh, seek a comfortable place to spend this retreat. Crashed out. (laughs) Sayana (laughs) mahasayana, (laughs) wear (laughs) up my knees, sekabadang then repeat three times Imani Atta Sikabadani Samadhyami Na tasi ka Ba na ni lena suka ynti le na hoka somebodydhaา silang with